So this statement of Allah Azza wa Jalla in the Quran, Am lam ya'rifu rasulahum, fahum lahum munkirun. And do they not recognize their messenger? Hence, because of this, as a result of this, they are making rejection of him. In other words, ma'rifah leads to mahabba. Ma'rifah leads to mahabba. Mahabba leads to ita'ah. Ita'ah leads to jannah. Ma'rifah of Rasulullah Wasallam leads to mahabba. Loving him. Loving him will result in obeying him. And obeying him, insha'Allah, will result in entering into Jannah. This is the objective of these bayans and these lectures on Saturday nights is the recognizing the seerah of the Prophet, the words of the Prophet, the life of the Prophet, the shama'il and the characteristics of the Prophet, the akhlaq of the Prophet, everything that surrounds our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam ma'rifa results in mahabba when you recognize somebody you come to know of them that is the way that you will slowly come to love them and when you come to love them then you will automatically want to obey them and when you obey them then when you obey the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa man yuti'i allah wa rasulahu فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا And anyone who obeys Allah and His Messenger, then indeed He has triumphed, the greatest triumph. Allahu Akbar. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. So after we spoke about, we, we've given the dars of the shama'il on these nights, shama'il of Imam At-Tirmidhi, alhamdulillah, in this masjid we've made a complete khatam of the shama'il, very mubarak and very blessed book. In this masjid we've completed the lamahat min tarikh al-hadith wa ulum al-sunnah, which we just completed, mashallah. Amazing, proper, like, I think 180, 200 page book, which gives us a technical understanding of the history of hadith and the important things that are related to that. We've completed that. Now what we intend to do, inshallah ta'ala, is commence the study of a small compilation of hadith, actually studying of hadith in detail. And what matan and what book we've chosen is insha'Allah the book of the Arba'een, the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. So today we're not going to actually start the hadith, we just wanted to have some introductory discussions. Next week inshallah we will do that and hopefully we'll have enough copies for everybody of the Arba'een, you could bring your notebooks and you could bring your, uh, inshallah we'll provide, I think we have a couple of them, some uh, compilations, uh, some um, Arba'eens of Imam al-Nawawi. So with that being said, what is the objective? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about His Messenger, Allah is the one who sent to the unlettered, ignorant people a messenger. So the people to whom Rasulullah was sent to, they were completely an a, a illiterate people. But they were not illiterate as our understanding. They had a profound, poetic, and eloquent abilities. And their language was... was so when we say illiterate, we should not think illiterate in the sense of you know, illiterate where a person cannot, you know, doesn't have an education or a person doesn't have 
uh, eloquence or uh, you know wisdom or or, or or knowledge. Right? This ummiyin means that they were a people who are, did not used to read and write, but they were masters of literary eloquence. They were masters of literary eloquence to such an extent that it is said that just for the word lion, they had hundred words for lion. Another hundreds of words for, for, for wine. Another hundred words for camel. All the different levels. This camel, of, you know, that's a one-year camel, it's a different word, and a two-year is a different word, and a she-camel is a different word, and naqa, and jamal, and, you know, uh, you have uh, different, different dialects and different, uh, you know, ways and, and, and it shows the, 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 the profound uh, eloquence that the Arabs had. That they had such a vast, uh, you know, uh, vocabularies. So they were a very profound people in the sense of specifically language. They were literary masters. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He sent and revealed the Qur'an, it was such that it made these literary masters completely dumbfounded and perplexed. How can a man who cannot read or write, he has come with such language that you know, no matter how, you know, how great our literary mastery is, we cannot imitate the likes of this. And he's a person who was a shepherd. And he was a person who we know he lived a lifetime amongst us. He is not a person who knew how to read or write. He was a person who was um, raised in front of us. He did not go to a school or an institute. Or, he never said a line of poetry. And these master poets of Arabia, when he would recite the Quran to them, they would become completely yani, incapable. They would become... Uh, you know, you know, completely dumbfounded, perplexed as to how and where and in what way they can respond to this, and this is why the Quran is a mujiza. So, Allah Taala says, Allah Taala sent amongst these people a messenger, and what this messenger did, yatlu alayhim ayatihi. He recited then the verses of the Quran, which was a mujiza. And through the teachings of that Qur'an, he purified them. He purified their hearts of shirk. He purified their hearts of all of the, uh, uh, how do you say, um, superstitions and aqa'id batila and evil and, and incorrect beliefs and falsehood and jealousy and kibir and arrogance and all the things that we were speaking of and nationalism and, 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 and hatred and, and you know, this lust and greed and all of the other amradul qulub. Yuzakkihim purifies them of that through the barakah of the Quran. And what did he do? He taught them the Quran and he taught them the hikmah. So here, ta'alimul kitab wal hikmah. This was from amongst the this was from amongst the objectives of prophethood so if somebody says what did the messenger do the messenger he did da'wah this is yatlu alayhim ayatihi 
and he did tazkiyah wa yuzakkihim and he did ta'lim wa yu'allimuhum al-kitab wal hikmah these are the three objectives of nubuwa of prophethood it is tabligh tazkiyah and ta'lim these are the three objectives of prophethood yatlu alayhim ayatihi yatlu ala tala yatlu idha istu'mila ma'silati ala falmurad bihi at-tablighi talawtuhu talawtuhu yani talawtu hadhihi al-ayat ma'na at-tilawa walakin at-tilawatu ala ahad ma ma'na talawtuhu alayhi ma'nahu ballaghtuhu فَمَعْنَى يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ إِذَا إِذَا اسْتُعْمِلَ لَفْذُ يعني تَلَى وَفِعْلُ تَلَى مَعَ عَلَى مَعَ صِلَةِ عَلَى فَمَعْنَاهُ التَّبْلِيغ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ ليس معنى هو قائم على رأسهم ويتلوه عليهم هكذا معناه تبليغ يتلو عليهم دعوة إلى الله you understand? so when the, 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 the meaning is in Arabic language when tilawa is used with ala he recite upon them. It means he conveyed the message to them. So the first objective of Prophet, why the Anbiya alayhim salam were sent, is for what? Tabligh. Tabligh al-Risala. Like one of the Anbiya alayhim salam says, لَقَدْ أَبْلَغْتُكُمْ رِسَالَاتِ رَبِّي وَنَصَحْتُ لَكُمْ That I conveyed, I made ibligh. I conveyed the message of my Lord to you and I advised you. This is one of the objectives of Nubuwa, Tabligh. Second one, وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ Tazkiyah. Purification of the heart. How to remove jealousy. How to remove shirk. How to remove superstitions. لَا طِيَرَةَ Write it down. لَا طِيَرَةَ وَلَا هَامَّةَ Right? And all these various different things that the Prophet ﷺ, he told the companions that do not have superstitions. Purifying them of this. Purifying them of shirk. And of all these other beliefs. لا حسد إلا There's no jealousy. Should not be jealous. لا تباغضوا ولا تدابروا ولا تحاسدوا ولا تناجشوا Don't be jealous. Don't turn your backs to one another. Don't hate one another. These were things that the Prophet did he purified them this is number two and number three he taught them the kitab which is the Quran and he taught them the hikmah so these are the three objectives if somebody asks you why were the prophets sent tabligh tazkiyah and ta'aleem then somebody might say, well, the Anbiya did jihad as well. Jihad is not an objective. Very important point to understand. To understand about why did, why, why, why did they do jihad? The objective is these three things. Tabligh, conveying the message of Allah. Tazkiyah, purifying the hearts. Ta'aleem, teaching. Some people will say, but the Prophet did jihad his whole life. is because something came as an obstacle in these three things. And that was done as a necessity. It is not an objective. Fighting is not an objective. Peace is an objective. Islam didn't come just to fight, 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 kill everybody. That's not the objective of Islam. 
It's tabligh, tazkiyah, and ta'aleem. And when obstacle comes in the way, you have no choice. You have to do surgery. Yes. So you constantly can't be cutting for no reason. You're doing surgery all day. The objective is the health of the patient, not doing surgery. What is the objective? That you get your patient to health. But if something comes in the way of that health, then you have to remove that. This is what we under this is the concept of jihad in Islam. Because some people will tell you, oh, but you know the Prophet did he did jihad his whole life. He did it because there was obstacles in his pathway. When there is no obstacle and there is no need for such a thing, you don't just go and, you know, go and uh, uh, keep on fighting. Obviously, you need constant protection and defense. That's a different issue altogether. That's the responsibility of the protectors and the guardians. But I'm talking about as... What is the objective of Anbiya alayhi salam? Why they were sent to humanity? To teach the people, to guide the people, to purify the people, and to convey the, to the people the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the, the objective we wanted to do, alhamdulillah, Thursday night, yu'allimuhumul kitab, Friday night, tazkiyah, and Saturday night, hikmah. So we're going to have all three Ta'alimul Kitabi wa Sunnah. And today, inshallah ta'ala, and or next week, we're going to start the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. Just about this, why we've selected this. Scholars have compiled treatises and compilations of hadith that consists of those hadith that are all-encompassing. Or they bring together the most fundamentals of Islam. And... They've collected these ahadith that talk about the overview. Like when you read the, uh, these ahadith, they tell you fundamentals of the deen. They summarize Islam. Like if you read this one hadith, it summarizes the teachings of Islam in that one hadith. So this is called Kulliyatun uh, Jami'ah. Comprehensive. Or a hadith, alayha madarul Islam, that is, the teachings of Islam revolve around these hadith. That if you read that one hadith, this hadith encompasses the teachings of Islam. Or these hadith have one third of Islam in it, or a fourth. Some people said that this hadith, this is one third of Islam. Or this hadith is one fourth of Islam. So these hadith. The scholars have made an effort to compile this. For amongst those scholars is Hafiz Abu Amr ibn Salah. Hafiz Abu Amr ibn Salah, who was a 6th century scholar. He taught in Darul Hadith al-Ashrafiyya. Darul Hadith al-Ashrafiyya. He was one of the first of the muhaddithin to teach in Darul Hadith. One of the great, great scholars of Hadith who wrote the Muqaddimat ibn Salah, who was one of the early books of uh, uh, the principles of hadith He wrote a book And he had a majlis It was called Majlisul Imla Where the muhaddith would sit And he would just start speaking And then the, the, the students would start writing And that would become a book So in this majlis What did he do? Sitting He said I am going to read to you All those hadith That has the entire Islam In that hadith Meaning if you read that hadith That hadith Islam will revolve around 
that hadith, subhanAllah. Meaning that one hadith, if you read it, it will give you a broad perspective of what Islam is about. Fundamentals of Islam. So inshallah, that the hadith that we're going to be doing, this is what is the, uh, the focus and the objective of the Arba'een of Imam al-Nawawi. So Shaykh al-Allama al-Muhaddith al-Hafidh, Abu Amr ibn Salah, he had a majlis al-Imla. And the name of that majlis was Al-Ahadith al-Kulliyya. Al-Ahadith al-Kulliyya. The comprehensive ahadith. The comprehensive ahadith. In these comprehensive ahadith, what was the subject matter? For example, some scholars, they did what? Some scholars, they compiled hadith on, uh, like we've done, uh, the hadith of Sham. 40 hadith on the virtues of Masjid, Masjid al-Aqsa. So what we're discussing, 40 hadith on the virtues of Philistine, 40 hadith on the virtues of Sham, 40 hadith on the virtues of helping people, 40 hadith on life hacks, right? So these different, different things that scholars compile, right? So Al-Hafid Abu Amr ibn Salah, he compiled Al-Ahadith Al-Kulliyya. Jama'a fihi Al-Ahadith Al-Jawami'. What did he do? He collected the Jami' Ahadith, comprehensive Ahadith. And when you read one Hadith, it compiles everything. Like the Prophet said, I'll give you an example. You might be thinking, what is an example of this? Hadith Jibreel. Where the Prophet was sitting and a man came out of nowhere and then he said, Mal Islam. Ya Muhammad, Mal Islam. What is Islam? Ya Muhammad, Mal Iman. What is Iman? And then he says, Mal Ihsan. And then the Prophet answers, What is Iman? What is Islam? What is Ihsan? And when the Prophet answered that, then he went away and then he, and Umar said, That was, uh, you know, very unusual. And then. Umar said, I came back and the Prophet asked me, do you know who that was, O Umar? He said, no. He said, that was Jibreel. And he came to teach you your deen. So in other words, that one hadith, so the point of the, the 40 hadith, that one hadith, if you just don't read anything, you just read that one hadith, you can say all the talim and talimat of Islam revolves around this hadith. Because in it, it explains what is Islam. In it, it explains what is Iman, and in it, it explains what is Ihsan. So you just read that one hadith, and it gives an overview of the entire religion. So there's many of them like this. Another example, I don't want to give them all right now, but just some, some, and then we'll, we'll make detailed shara of it. I'm just going to give an overview. The Prophet said in one hadith, Ad-Deenun Nasiha. You see? So I'm just trying to give you give an example. What does it mean that the hadith is comprehensive? Or Islam revolves around this hadith. Or it's a fundamental teaching of Islam. Deen is having sincerity and well-wishing for others. That is, the, that, is the, that is the asas, that is the foundation. And then it says, Ya Rasulullah for who? What is it, nasiha for who? He said, Lillahi wa rasulihi. Lillahi wa li rasulihi. Now, what is the meaning of that? Nasiha is the, the deen entirety is nasiha. For who? For Allah, for His Messenger, for the Imams and the leaders of Islam, and for the awam and the public. Now, how, what is the shara of that? What is that? Now, inshallah, we, that's what we're going to be discussing. And 
Many other beautiful hadiths, which is very comprehensive. Do you know what meaning the comprehensive? Yani it covers very broad. It's not like you can say it's one subject. The deen al-nasiha is just not one subject. It's just very, very broad. And when, inshallah, when we go into the commentary of it, you'll see how broad and how comprehensive it really is. So, Ahmad ibn Salah, rahimahullah, he collected 26 ahadith in one majlis. Subhanallah. These scholars, what they were, can you imagine? When it says Hafiz, Ahmad ibn Salah, he's Hafiz of hadith. Hundreds of thousands of hadith he knew from memory. And then he would sit, and then on that subject, he would just repeat the hadith. With the sanad and chain, all the way back to the Prophet. In one majlis, this was called Kulliyatul Hadith. Al-Ahadithul Kulliyah, sorry. Al-Ahadithul Kulliyah, and in this majlis, he collected, he gave bayan of 26 consecutive. And this was written down, and it was made into a book. After him, and these are basically Al-Ahadith, those ahadith which Islam revolves around these ideas, these concepts. These are the ahadith that Islam revolves around these concepts. In other words, those who, inshallah, will study these ahadith, it will give you a picture of what is Islam really? What does Islam teach? What is, the, what is the talimat and what does is our religion instruct us as Muslims? This is what the teachings is. Like if somebody were to tell you, okay, what does your prophet teach? What is your religion? You said, this is it, 40 hadith. This is his most comprehensive. And inshallah, when, you, when we will study it, you'll see it. this is amazing. Then after him, after him, Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah, he came and he took the ahadith that was dictated and then compiled by al-Hafiz Abu Amr ibn Salah, the 26, and he added on top of it. And he made it into 42 hadiths. He added however much that extra is. What is that, 26? He added another 26 or so. Right? And it became 42. And then he called it Kitab al-Arba'in. Kitab al-Arba'in. The 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi. And that is why it's famous. Ushtuhirat hadihi al-Arba'un wa This became very famous. Over, over 50 commentaries have been written on the 40 hadith of Imam Nawawi. Over 50 commentaries. And taught in many, many madaris, taught in many institutions, and memorized by people in every corner of the world. Just like the book Riyadhul Salihin, we know the book Riyadhul Salihin. You can say the the, the, the arba'in of it, the forty hadith of Imam Nawawi is like the 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 the, the, the summary of the Riyadhul Salihin, his own Riyadhul Salihin. And why we wanted to do this is, alhamdulillah, we discussed uh, glimpses from the history of compilation and, and, and preservation of hadith. Now we wanted to start with a small matan of hadith. And inshallah, after that, then we will go into a, a, a larger matan.
So over 50 commentaries have been written and many, many more in other languages, in Farsi, in Urdu, in Pashto, in every language, in English, you'll find many, many commentaries of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi. So inshallah, we want to cover that. What I wanted to do, inshallah, is read the muqaddim of Imam al-Nawawi. So we'll get started on it. And maybe hopefully, inshallah, next week we'll start the first hadith. So, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Qayyum al Samawati wal Ardin. Mudabbiril Khalaiqi Ajma'in. Ba'ithir Rusuli Salawatullahi. Salawatuhu wa salamuhu alayhim. Ilal Mukallafina li hidayatihim wa bayani shara'i iddin. Biddalail al Qatiyati wa wadihati al Barahin. أحمده على جميع نعمه وأسأله المزيد من فضله وكرمه وأشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله وحبيبه وخليله أفضل المخلوقين المكرم بالقرآن العزيز المعجزة المستمرة على تعاقب السنين وبالسنن المستنيرة للمسترشدين المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين والمرسلين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين ما بعد إمام النووي رحمه الله begins with the praise of Allah and the blessings upon his beloved messenger all praise be to the Lord of the worlds the sustainer of the heavens and the earths the Mudabbir al-Khala'iq, the one who he de- decides the decrees of his creation, who sent the messengers, may Allah's peace and blessings be upon them, to those who have made responsible, and who are responsible to follow the path, to guide them and to explain and elaborate to them the sharia and the, and the, the, the rules and regulations of the deen through clear and explicit proofs. And we, we praise him for all of his blessings and we ask him to add and increase us in his grace and in his bounties. And we bear witness that Sayyidina Muhammad is his special slave and messenger and his beloved and his closest friend and the greatest of all creation who is honored by the Quran, who was honored by being given this miracle of the Qur'an, which is a continuous miracle throughout the generations, and they've been given clear sunnah that the people who are treading the path may take guidance by. And he has been given a special gift, the Prophet ﷺ, and that is jawami'ul kalim. The Prophet ﷺ was given comprehensiveness of speech. Wallahi, one of the most difficult things is speech. To be able to convey the right words, the right message with the right words is the greatest blessing of Allah. And this is something that he says, Ar-Rahman, Allama al-Quran, Khalaq al-Insan, Allamahu al-Bayan. Allah created insan and he taught him bayan and Allah gave the greatest insan the greatest bayan. Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That his words, volumes have been written. If I were to tell you one hadith, what is the one hadith? That ten volumes have been written on that hadith. Ten volumes have been written on that hadith. That is one of my favorite books. I keep it in my library and I make ziyara of that book, Tabarrukan. 
I go, I have my library in the garage. I go and I just look at that book sometimes just to remove my grief and my depression. You just go and look at that book and you say, Allahu Akbar, this deen is haq. That the one hadith of the Prophet, someone has written 10 volume shara of that one word, one, one hadith. I'll read it to you right now. You can count how many seconds it takes to say this word. What's the Shu'ab al-Iman hadith? Al-Imanu sab bid'un wa sab'una shu'ba. Al-Imanu bid'un wa sab'una shu'ba. A'alaha kalimatu la ilaha illallah wa adnaha imatu tul'adha al-tariq wal-hayau shu'batun min al-Iman. There's just like, what, seven, eight, nine words. You could count it on both hands, those words. Al-Imanu bid'un wa sab'una shu'ba. A'alaha kalimatu la ilaha illallah wa adnaha imatu tul'adha anit tariq. That's the hadith. Rawahu al-Bukhari. Is Bukhari hadith right? So did you guys do it in Bukhari yet? I think, it's in, I think it's in Bukhari, if I'm not mistaken. It is in Bukhari. It is in Bukhari. This hadith, ten volumes was written on it. So you can imagine, this is the meaning of Jawami'ul Kalim. The Prophet was given the comprehensiveness of speech, that he would say such words, that the meanings of it, if we were to elaborate, and if the scholars were to ponder, and if you were to think, and if you were to reflect, and if you were to write and elaborate on it, it would take volumes and volumes to explain these words of the Prophet, which he said in one sentence. This is the meaning of Jawami'ul Kalim. This was also one of the mu'ajizat of Rasulullah المخصوص بجوامع الكلم وسماحة الدين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين والمرسلين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين أما بعد فقد روينا عن علي بن أبي طالب وعبد الله بن مسعود ومعاذ بن جبل وأبي الدرداء وابن عمر وابن عباس وأنس بن مالك وأبي هريرة وأبي سعيد الخضري رضي الله عنه من طرق كثيرات برواية متنوعات أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من حفظ على أمتي أربعين حديثا من أمر دينها بعثه الله يوم القيامة في زمرة الفقهاء والعلماء Imam Nawawi begins saying it has been narrated to us it has been narrated to us through our chains of transmission from Ali ibn Abi Talib and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud وَمُعَاذِ بْنِ جَبَلِ وَأَبُو دَرْدَى وَأَبْنُ عُمَرِ وَإِبْنُ عَبَّاسِ and Anas ibn Malik and Abi Hurairah and Abu Sa'id al-Khudriyya may Allah be pleased with all of them different narrations that have the same meaning what is the meaning? that anyone who compiles 40 hadith regarding the deen or any matter of the deen any matter of the religion Allah will raise him on the day of judgment in the gathering of the scholars Allah will raise him on the day of judgment with the jurists and the scholars. And in one narration, Allah will resurrect him as a great scholar. And in the narration of Abu Darda, I will be for him on the day of judgment a intercessor and a witness. And in another hadith it says he, will, he can enter from any of the gateways of paradise that he wishes. 
وفي رواية ابن عمر كتب في زمرة العلماء وحشر في الشهداء it says that he will be written amongst the ulama and he will be resurrected with the shuhada. واتفق الحفاظ على أنه حديث ضعيف وإن كثرت طرقه. And the scholars are of a consensus that all of these ahadith are weak, even though there are many, many trans, trans, chains of transmission in this regard. وقد صنف العلماء رضي الله عنهم في هذا الباب ما لا يحصى من المصنفات. And scholars, may, be, may Allah be pleased with them, have written many, many uh, treatises or compilations of this type that cannot even be counted. They're innumerable. فَأَوَّلُ مَنْ عَلِمْتُهُ صَنَّفَ فِيهِ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ The first of the scholars who I know of that have compiled a hadith, 40 hadith like this, is Abdullah bin Mubarak. Who is Abdullah bin Mubarak? He's the student of Abu Hanifa, and he's the teacher of Imam Bukhari. Just so you know, like which time period he is around. Imam Abu Hanifa was still alive in the time of the companions. So Imam Abu Hanifa saw Anas ibn Malik. So Abdullah bin Mubarak was a very great scholar of hadith. He was the student of Abu Hanifa and he was the teacher of. Imam Bukhari, just so you kind of get a gl glimpse of, he was one of the first that Imam Nawawi says that I know of that compiled such a compilation of 40 hadith. It's called an Arba'in. Thumma Muhammad ibn Aslam al-Tusi, al-Alim al-Rabbani, then al-Imam Muhammad ibn Aslam al-Tusi, thumma al-Hasan ibn Sufyan al-Nasai, then Abu Bakr al-Ajuri, then Abu Bakr Muhammad ibn Ibrahim al-Isfahani and Dar Qutni and Hakim and Abu Nu'aym al-Isfahani and Abu Abdurrahman al-Sulami and Abu Sa'id al-Malini and Abu Uthman al-Sabuni and Abdullah ibn Muhammad al-Ansari and Abu Bakr al-Bayhaqi wa khala'iq la yuhsuna min al-mutaqaddimin wa al-mutaakhirin and many many other scholars from the early day scholars and the latter day scholars that are innumerable. Many, many people then wrote in uh, compilations of 40 hadith. وَقَدْ اسْتَخَرْتُ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى جَمْعَ أَرْبَعِينَ حَدِيثًا اِقْتِدَاءً بِهَا أُولَاءِ الْأَئِمَّةِ الْأَعْلَامُ حُفَّاضِ الْإِسْلَامِ So what did I do? I made istikhara. And this shows us that istikhara just isn't for marriage. Okay, guys? People become really, really pious when they're doing istikhara for marriage. And they see all the amazing dreams. Amazing dreams are seen when istikhara for marriage is happening. No other time they're dreaming. So Imam Nawawi teaches us, and Imam Nawawi is the one who never got married in his life. And he left behind such books that are probably better than a thousand wives and a million children. And if you put together, and he passed away at the age of 42. And if you put together his majmu'a, the, 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 the life works of Imam al-Nawawi, it will probably reach 20 to 30 volumes. At least 200 pages each. And he passed away at 42. The barakah that he had in his life and the piety and the taqwa and 
what level he was is that, you know, he was almost, he, in the Shafi'i madhab, he is like considered to be one of the scholars that if Imam Nawawi said it, it's like as if it's the fatwa. That is the fatwa in the madhab of Shafi'i. Istikharatullah Ta'ala. I made istikhara asking Allah to put khair in my work. That's the meaning of istikhara. Remember, we explained that in the month of Ramadan, we had a dars regarding what is the meaning of istikhara. Asking Allah to put khair in your work. It's a dua. Istikhara is a dua. Istikhara is not a dream uh, that you pour fairy dust on yourself and then, you know, three boiled eggs under your pillow, you know, with the leaf from the, you know, tree from Siberia. And then you put it and you boil, you know, I don't know what type of ajib things they Imam Nawawi said, I asked Allah for khair to compile this 40 hadith to follow in the path of these great scholars and masters of hadith. Imam Nawawi says what we mentioned previously that there's a hadith that was narrated and transmitted by scholars that anybody who compiles 40 hadith then he will be resurrected on the day of judgment with the ulama. This is a weak hadith. And Imam Nawawi says he says, The scholars are a consensus that you can utilize weak hadith, as long as it's not fabricated, you can utilize weak hadith for virtues and encouragements. That you can use weak hadith that are not fabricated for the sake of what? Encouraging. Those ahadith that are encouragements that are not about ahkam, that are not about halal and haram. The scholars are consensus that it's permissible. But I did not rely upon this hadith, he says. But I didn't. Re I relied on another hadith, which is sahih. And that is why I compiled this book. Despite that, I did not rely upon this hadith. بَلْ عَلَىٰ قَوْلِهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي الْأَحَادِيثِ الصَّحِيحَةِ the hadith of Bukhari led when the Prophet was in Hijjatul Wida in the farewell Hajj, he conveyed the message to the Sahaba, and then what did he say? Let those amongst you who are here convey it to those who are not here. In other words, it is our obligation as Muslims that if we hear something from the Prophet, we should convey it to others. This hadith is sahih. And that is what I'm doing. That the hadith that has reached me, I am conveying it to others. The other hadith, which is narrated in Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi, which is also authentic. May Allah keep him fresh. And may Allah make him tarutazam. I don't know how do you say it. Keep him fresh. Sounds like you're going to put somebody in the refrigerator. You know? The day, the faces on that day of the believers will be fresh. 
Chibugui fresh. Fresh sounds like vegetables, you know? Fresh fruits and vegetables. Hafizah? Vibrant. May Allah keep him fresh, yani vibrant. May Allah keep him alive. May Allah let him thrive. It's a dua of the Prophet. Khudawan taro taza negoish kuna. Ke hadith mara mishnawa ba digara ura. Khuda hamisha taro taza negoish kuna. Duaay paygum baras. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave dua. Naddar Allahum ra'an sami'a maqalati fawa'aha wa addaha kama sami'aha. May Allah keep him vibrant. May Allah always let him prosper. May Allah always make him fortunate. May Allah always keep him fresh. You know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the 90s, fresh. Yeah, here's, we got a 90s right here, 80s and 90s. Kujasti too. You got to be here. So I, I asked these words from 1995. There's only a few people that are going to know. What's fresh? <laughs> fresh is vibrant, yeah. Fresh, man. Oh, that's fresh, man. You know, fresh means awesome, you know? Oh, that's heck of fresh. You know, those two H other things, too much of us. You're even from before that. You're from the 70s, man. You know, like the fresh, you know, you have, this was all fresh. This is like awesome, you know? Rad and bad, you know? Bad meant good. That type of. Where's, where's the people from my generation, bro? We're, we're, we're an endangered species. I was just with Maulana Fasi and uh, Mufti Abdullah. They, they, would have, they would have backed me up. The, the Sheikh Rami, they're all my generation. May Allah keep him vibrant. May Allah give, make, give him, grant him success and bless him who hears my words and he preserves it and he conveys it to others. So Imam Nawawi said, I'm not relying on that weak hadith that anybody who compiles 40 hadith then he'll be resurrected as an alim on the day of judgment we don't need that even though it's permissible but I am following this one to get the dua of the Prophet so he said, then the ulama, they compiled 40 hadiths regarding different subjects. Some compiled it regarding the usul of deen, yani the principles of the religion. Some regarding the furu' of deen. 40 hadith on raf'ul yadain, Imam al-Bukhari. 40 hadith on lifting of the hands in prayer. 40 hadith on, for example, um, uh, the, the, the specific method of wudu. 40 hadith on the specific method of wudu. 40 hadith on uh, the, 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 you know, the commandments of Islam, the ahkam. Some of them on the virtues of fighting in the path of Allah. Others regarding zuhud, the virtue of abstaining from the pleasures of the life of this world. Other, other, other scholars compiled 40 hadith on adab, on the etiquettes. وَبَعْضُهُمْ فِي الْخُطَبِ some of them did in regards to khutbas, like uh, advices of the Prophet ﷺ. Forty hadith of the advices of the Prophet ﷺ. وَكُلُّهَا مَقَاصِدْ hasana, And all of them are good objectives. May Allah reward those who compiled them. وَقَدْ رَأَيْتُ And I thought that I should compile what? جَمَعَ أَرْبَعِينَ أَهَمَّ مِنْ هَذَا كُلِّهِ 
I said that I'm going to uh, compile some hadith that are more important than all of these subjects that were just mentioned. Can there be something more important than that? Yes. It is a 40 hadith that consists of all of the things we mentioned above and more. Every single one of the hadith that I'm going to bring, they will be a very important principle from the principles of the religion. Look, a difficult way of studying something is you study all the small, small details. Each one, there's 500 details of what to do. You understand? Or you can study the main principle in usul, and that usul will cover all of them. For example, I tell you, make sure that when you come to the masjid, do not cause harm to anyone. Don't cause taklif to anyone. Now, this covers what? Don't put your shoes out of place. Don't burp loudly. Don't sneeze in somebody's face. Don't come smelling like this. Don't come eating garlic. All of that is covered under do not cause disturbance to Muslims. Do you understand? You could either say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And in this day and age, you have to spell it out for people. But this is the meaning of jamir. This is the meaning of usul. Do not cause disturbance to Muslims. And now you're going to use your brain and ponder. What is the meaning? Hey, if my breath stinks, it's going to disturb other people. If I'm going to double park, it's going to disturb other people. If I'm going to, you know, you know, burp loudly, it's going to disturb other people. Alhamdulillah, this year we had the masks. All of the people who are the burpers, they got a taste of their own medicine now. You know those people that would stand next to you in Tarawih? First and foremost, we were, alhamdulillah, social distancing. We're the person who, I don't know what he is thinking, I have to sleep next to a sack of garlic before I come to the masjid. I don't know why he thought that I have to go and just clean onions before I come to the masjid. So we didn't have to worry about that. It's like somebody used onion atr. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So when you learn the usul, then everything that comes under it, it's already explained. Don't cause taklif. When you come to the masjid, don't disturb anybody. Now, you got to use your brain. Allah has given aql that what the Prophet said now, everything that's the details, I don't have to explain. You shouldn't have to explain. Obviously, common sense is not common anymore. So we have to explain. But this is the meaning of qawaid. What is a qaida? It is a, it is a rule that covers all these, what do you call, subcategories. You following me? So Imam Nawawi said that the hadith that I'm going to bring here, each one of these is qa'idatun azimatun. They are major, major principles that cover these, all the nitty-gritties. وَكُلُّ حَدِيثٍ مِنْهَا قَاعِدَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ مِنْ قَوَاعِدِ الدِّينِ قَدْ وَصَفَهُ الْعُلَمَاءِ بِأَنَّ مَدَارَ الْإِسْلَامِ عَلَيْهِ That these hadith that I'm going to bring you, the scholars have said about some of these hadith, that Islam revolves around this hadith. Or, أَوْ نِصْفُ الْإِسْلَامِ Or some of them said, this hadith is the half of Islam. Or some of them have said that this hadith is one-third of Islam. So, Imam Abu Dawood, for example, um, Different, different hadiths, you know, Imam Abu Dawood said this is the third of Islam, this hadith. Or this is half of Islam if you follow this hadith. 
So inshallah, this is very, very interesting, these uh, hadiths that we're going to be doing. ثُمَّ أَلْتَزِمُ فِي هَذِهِ الْأَرْوَعِينَ أَنْ تَكُونَ صَحِيحَةً مُعْظَمُهَا فِي صَحِيحَيْ الْبُخَارِ وَمُسْلِمِ And what have I done? That every hadith that I've compiled here, they are, all of them are authentic. Most of the hadith in this book are from Bukhari and Muslim. وَأَذْكُرُهَا مَحْذُوفَةَ الْأَسَانِيدِ And I'm not going to bring the sanad that so-and-so heard from so-and-so and so-and-so heard from so-and-so and so-and-so heard from so-and-so. When I say that this is in Bukhari, then that is enough for us because we know that Bukhari did the job. Bukhari did his homework. Because he did his homework, we rely on him that he will bring it without any, uh, how do you say, any uh, weakness or any doubt, insha'Allah. لِيَسْهُلَ حِفْظَهَا وَيَعُمَّ النَّفْءَ اِنْتِفَاءَ بِهَا insha'Allah ta'ala And why we do that is because the objective is so it becomes easy to memorize. Because we're going to have to learn all the names. حَدَّثَنَا الْحُمَيْدِي وَحَدَّثَنَا فُلَانُ وَحَدَّثَنَا فُلَانُ وَحَدَّثَنَا فُلَانُ عَنْ أَمِيرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Umar ibn al-Khattab We just want just عَنْ Umar ibn al-Khattab قَالْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Let me make it easy. ثُمَّ أُتْبِعُهَا بِبَابٍ فِي ضَبْتِ خَفِيِّ أَلْفَاضِهَا And then in some of the hadith, I will have a chapter that will explain some of the difficult words. وَيَنْبَغِي لِكُلِّ رَاغِبٍ فِي الْآخِرَةِ Now this is the advice of Imam Nawawi regarding his book. What is Imam Nawawi telling us? وَيَنْبَغِي لِكُلِّ رَاغِبٍ فِي الْآخِرَةِ it is, it is appropriate, it is recommended for everyone who desires the next life, an ya'rifa hadhihi al-ahadith. For everyone who wants the next life, who's concerned with his akhirah, he should know these hadiths. Limashtamalat alayhi min al-muhimmat because of the important matters of Islam that are in this. Wahtawat alayhi min al-tambiyya ala jami'i al-ta'ad and because of what it consists of regarding all the necessary practices of Islam. وَذَلِكَ ظَاهِرٌ لِمَنْ تَدَبَّرَهُ And this will be clear for anybody who ponders the meanings of this hadith, that these hadith are the most important of all hadiths. وَعَلَى اللَّهِ اِعْتِمَادِي And upon Allah I put my trust. وَإِلَيْهِ تَفْوِيذِي وَاسْتِنَادِي And I rely upon Him and I take assistance from Him. وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَالنِّعْمُ وَبِهِ التَّوْفِيقُ وَالْعِسْمَةِ InshaAllah, next week we'll begin. Officer, where do we have all these? We had like a whole bunch of arbaeens, those yellow and black ones. Do we have it somewhere? Inshallah. So next week, inshallah, we'll, we'll get it. And if not, we'll make some copies. And please come with your uh, notebooks so you can take notes and also, you know, the mutton. And it's important that we learn, even get acquainted with the words of the Prophet. You know how we learn every Muslim should know the last 10 surahs. Every Muslim should know Juzza Amma, Surah Al Kahf, Surah Yaseen. Every Muslim should know. Like this, every Muslim should know some hadith. The Arba'een of Imam Nawawi is the hadith that every Muslim should know. That when you hear it, oh, I heard this hadith. Ad-Din al-Nasiha. Every Muslim should know this. It's the hadith, that's it. Ad-Din al-Nasiha. Every Muslim can know. Inna atayna kal Even four-year-old child knows inna atayna kal Everybody should know this much hadith. Inna mal-a'malu bin-niyat. These are the words of the Prophet. Everybody should know some words of the Prophet. And this is, this is inshallah the hadith that we're going to go through. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq inshallah next week. You're going to be around next week? Yeah, inshallah. Subhanakallah wa bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka